the deal flow, you, you can work with broker, get an off market. You can still do that, but it's very competitive now that you have to figure it out way do I get deal flow coming along still? Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. I want to introduce to you Ash Patel. He's a full-time commercial real estate investor. He's going to be doing the interview today and a lot of them moving forward. I'm still going to be doing interviews, just not as many. And he is going to ask tough questions while still building rapport. That way it's not awkward. He's a good friend of mine. Join me in welcoming Ash Patel. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, Hendra Tambunin. Hendra is joining us from Hayward, California. He is a full-time technology CRM consultant and a syndicator, as well as an LP in multifamily and short-term rentals. Hendra, thank you for joining us, and how are you today? Very well, Ash. Thank you for having me, though. It's our pleasure. Before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Certainly. Just like everybody else, I read Rich That Poor That, got bugged into passive income, signed to buy and hold to single-family rental about 10, 15 years ago, build up a portfolio of about 10, 15 single-family home, but after looking into it more and more, it's not scalable fast enough. You have to wait for every other year to buy the house or refi, depending on the market condition. So my wife and I start looking into multifamily, thinking the grand vision, if I have one unit, give me a few hundred cash flow, then if you got like multifamily, like eight, then it's going to solve the problem, right? It'll be easier. So that's when I start looking into multifamily about two and a half years ago and start jumping into it about two years ago. And that's how I got started with multifamily, pretty much. And your CRM consultant, is that in real estate or is that just CRM in general? This is a CRM in general, though. That's pretty much my career. That's what I do, implementing CRM. All right. You know, real estate people are dying for good CRM systems, right? We all use them and we all need them. Yeah, pretty much. That's how we solve the problem. Because a lot of people think buying a multifamily is like an investment, but Think about this is actually a real business, especially with your syndicator. You are basically mediating with the broker, which is bringing a deal to you, and also mediating with the investor, who's actually going to be your partner. So in a way that you need to be able to keep track of that, that's where CRM is going to be coming really handy. Can I ask what CRM do you use as a syndicator? I use a portal, Equity Tree. That's what I use for that one. And obviously for managing the relationship, we use Active Campaign. Okay, Hendrick, can you talk about your first syndication that you invested in as an LP? Yeah, this actually was one of the deals that we came across to networking, me and my wife. We actually come in an LP. We are actually fortunate enough to come in as a GP because they need to for helping put the buffer for the CapEx. So that's how we come in. This is about 348 units in Dallas, though. So to be perfectly honest, though, a lot of people think getting in with larger units sounds pretty exciting, but for us, it's pretty nerve-wracking. And come to think about it, the larger the size, the more complex the deal going to be. We are fortunate enough, we find a great partners that we can grow together with them, and we're able to learn a lot from them, and they took us under their wings, and then grow and understand the business better that way, too. 
what value did you add that made you a GP on this deal? So I'm helping up with the investor relations by bringing an additional fund for the CapEx, in this case here for the project. Do you know what percentage of the funds you raised of the total ask? I would say probably about 5%. Okay. And is that deal still in the works or have they sold that? It's still in the work right now though. Yep. How's, it, just, how's it going? It's pretty good. We just refi and then able to reposition now. Originally, the acquisition came in through the bridge financing. We're able now to refinance under agency debt now. It's almost stabilized at this point. And have you done syndications of your own? Yep. Mm-hmm. What was your first syndication? That was 68 units and one of smaller property in, in, in Midwest, though. That's what we do. So the deal came across the off-market. Originally, it's a little bit challenging because it's a loan assumption process. But the way we structure it, the look into it, is very stabilized property, very minimum value add that we need to do. But the market outside from the rent is pretty tremendous, though. We were able to raise about 10% within the six months after acquisition. And pretty much right now, it's been stabilized. Hendra, a lot of people go from just being an investor in their own deals or an active manager in their own deals to a syndicator, or they go from actively investing to maybe an LP to a syndicator. You had the benefit of being a GP and then a syndicator. What did you learn while you were a GP that helped you to syndicate your own deals? One thing that I really learned is understanding the business model of the syndication. Like I said, a lot of people think investing in real estate is just like buying real estate, especially when you're coming from single family home. Most of the model is just buying and praying pretty much. Hopefully the market appreciate and then the cash flow going up and that's what you do. But in the multifamily, the aspect of the business is pretty crucial. Understanding what is the business plan, what you can do out of this, how can you structure it and make it more appealing for your equity partner coming in. And also still the deal makes sense for you and still work well for you because having a syndication is not just you put a money in there and then make it to work or having a property manager take over and and doing it. You got to know with the business plan, what if the plan A doesn't work? You have a plan C or the plan D because again, it's a business that you have to do it. So it's a real business and it's become almost like a full-time job by itself. That's the reason why you got to have a team work together. So one thing that I learned, understanding about the business and also understand about the team sport, because you can never do it all by yourself. You're going to, at very least, you need an equity partners and then people within the managing partner also, you're going to do it all because somebody's going to be asset management, somebody's going to be boots on the ground that can help you and add value together and grow together. Andrew, can we dive into the numbers of the 68-unit property? Yeah. What year was that purchased? We started that late 2020, and we just closed it in this March of this year. Okay. What was the purchase price? It was purchased for $4.1 million. Mm-hmm. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. As your portfolio grows, you need financial management services you can rely on to help you save money and continue making the right choices for your company's future. Realestateaccounting.co's top-tier CFO team uses their deep industry and operating experience to guide real estate syndicators, investors, and family offices through every pivotal moment and crucial decision. 
Their fractional CFO services include budget to actual, cash flow and distributions, and reporting and valuation. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO to find out why REA is one of the fastest growing real estate accounting companies around. The real estate experts provide timely analysis and consultations to help you make the most informed decisions possible. See and trust where your portfolio is headed with the customized financial reports based on the KPIs that matter to you and your business. Try it risk-free today at realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. What was the raise on that? Dallas is just a loan assumption. We need to raise a little over two. So a 50% raise, why so high? Because it's a loan assumption that we have to bring up the balance of the loan that we assume. Okay. And then also the difference with the purchase price and a little bit of reserve that we have to bring in. So with a raise that high, I would imagine that impacts return significantly. Yes. How soon can you refi that? Since it's a loan assumption, we are able to take it to the duration of the six years. That's the caveat. However, because of that, we can stabilize it within a year that we can just take a supplemental loan as a part of the return. Will the same lender give you a supplemental loan? Yep. Okay. So that's part of the plan there. That's correct. And what are the projected returns to investors? That one, an average cash and cash, it's about 11%. And that's including sale or without sale? Without sales. Including all the sales and everything we are projecting is going to be somewhere approximately like 1.85 multiplier. In what period of time? It's about six years. Okay. What's the value add here? How are you going to improve the property? The property is actually in a very good condition, except it was not managed properly. And given that the seller is ready to move away, it used to be a LATEC product, it's exhaust LATEC um, licensings. So they just have no interest in managing non LATEC. So that's the reason they ready to dispose that property. And the property management that handled that previously wasn't really knowing that it's going to be happening. They're not really taking good care of them. One of the impact that we saw that nobody is actually on site to receiving a phone call. And then the property itself, the moment we over the property have like a vacancies about five to six percent, which is very unusual for the area. The week that we took over, we immediately put a property manager on site, and we know that we did make the right decision because on everyday basis we got like about at least eight phone call asking about that property. Originally, when we underwrote it, we put the rent bump about three to 5% in the year two, given that during COVID, because nobody want to raise the rent during COVID. But right now, after six, eight months, 
we're able to bump it up to 7 to 8% now just because of the demand is so high in the area. Why did it take so long to close this deal? Well, one thing or the other, because like I said, when you assume a loan in a multifamily, typically the lender looking at the performance of the asset, right, for 30, 60, 90 days, just because of the property management know they're already under contract and they've been sluggish into maintaining the occupancy and obviously dips and then hit the performance on other property. So we have to work together with the seller, with the property manager, trying to figure out a way to bring it up to the level that we need to be to be presentable to the lender so we can proceed and close the deals. So that's one of the challenges that we have over there. So playing devil's advocate, why not just get traditional financing versus raising $2 million? We were looking into it. Actually, the deals that was presented to us, we look into it if we can just take it as is. But there is a yield maintenance that almost a million dollar that basically you have to pay on the top of that. So the number doesn't really make sense anymore when the moment you incorporate the yield maintenance or prepayment penalty in this case here. Got it. That's a tough one. Have you done other syndications? We got a few deals, but that's the only thing that I had to run as my lead sponsor on that one. Would you do a loan assumption in the future? Well, as long as the number makes sense, I think there's some opportunity over there. And how do you find deals? Mostly networking and then also whether we're going to be fellow investor that how can I value to them or networking with the broker that bring in deals after having a, some relationship with them for quite some time. And Hendra, 68 units, is that a pain point in being able to hire a full-time property manager? Do they have enough work? So 68 units is somewhat a little bit grayish area. I think for us, we have a part-time property manager over there. So I think the good rule of thumb, typically 100 plus units that my recommendation to get a full-time property manager over there on site. And then a maintenance person as well with 100 units. Is that right? Correct. That's going to be the number that you're aiming for. What does your next deal look like in the ideal world? So right now I'm starting looking into, as you probably know, how the condition of the market these days is very competitive. Your cap rate is very compressed. So for me, syndication is the one aspect of the business. For me, it's also the other aspect. You can always look at for JV smaller deals. So there are quite a few deals that I'm looking into it. Also, this is actually smaller deals. It's a little bit more like a Burr model in a way that you can buy it. And then the upside is so high that we can just come in and then maybe just bring in the class grade from C to B or from B to A, that kind of thing. That's the thing that we're looking into it right now is a smaller unit. So it's not really fit in for like a syndication model in it per se, but there's some opportunity in some pocket area that you can still do upgrade the property class that way. Nandra, raising $2 million on your first syndication seems like a challenge, especially on a loan assumption. Total value of the property at purchase was about $4 million. What challenges did you face in raising that money? Well, number one, the challenge I think is location because these properties actually in Midwest. And as you know, the frenzy of the hot market these days, we're talking about all the Sunbelt, right? Uh, we're talking about Arizona, Texas, Georgia, Carolina, Florida, you know, anything outside there, people's like, yeah, do I really want to go outside there when the hot market is really hot over there? So that's sort of become like a challenge by itself, right? So you got to really, really understand the market why this property is going to doing really well and what kind of data point that can support you that help us presenting that deal to our prospective investor. 
And also, secondly, we got people in the team that can help us in focusing an investor relation that help us in throughout the way. So those are the two learning points that I learned from raising $2 million. You built a team for your first syndication. You didn't try to do it all yourself? No, we go to the networking together. That's going to be on the fly. Like, okay, now I find a deal. Now let's build a team. No, it's going to be on the way, grow together. It's a team effort. Good for you. So you guys from California, that's what you think of the Midwest, huh? It's not the hot market. There's some great deals in the Midwest here. There are a lot of great deals in Midwest right now. So for those people who are listening, actually, don't just listen. Don't just look at the market where everybody's presenting because if you do your own research, there's a lot of great market right now. Yeah, I think the Midwest has just had a steady climb versus a massive upside and then later potentially a massive downside. So it's always been pretty steady in the Midwest, nice rates of return. You're not going to get the appreciation that you're going to get in the Sunbelt states, but cash flows there, you're buying at great cap rates. So yeah, I'm a big fan of Midwest investing. Yeah. And people forgot that you can still do force appreciation as long as there's a demand over there, right? So there's some opportunity over there on single family where basically your appreciation based on the com next door or within the same proximity. But with the multifamily, you can do, still do a force appreciation by doing some little bit of upgrade. And that's how you get your valuation increase. And where in the Midwest is the 68-unit property? This one is in the state of Kansas. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to start your own syndication business, or maybe you've tried, but you've been unable to get your first apartment deal? Well, it's hard. I know firsthand getting started in syndication is not easy. So have you considered working with a mentor? Imagine working one-on-one with a full-time syndicator who can help you do your first apartment building deal faster, help you avoid big mistakes, and scale your portfolio. If you feel like I'm speaking to you right now, then I want you to check out the mentoring program from my friend, Michael Blanc, who specializes in helping people get started with apartment buildings. I've known Michael for many years now, and he genuinely wants to help people become financially free. He developed a proven system and has helped hundreds of people do their first apartment building deal. I know he can help you as well. To find out more, text the word Joe. J-O-E, to 66866. I know Michael's going to take care of you. Go ahead and text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own apartment syndication business. Here's a problem you're probably not solving for right now. Have you ever had a tenant squat inside your rental and refuse to pay rent? Or are you worried about renting to a serial rent dodger? You've probably used a credit report for tenant screening before, but what if I told you you're missing out on info you need to properly verify prospective tenants? That's a problem, and the solution is Rentify. Rentify provides a summary of a prospective tenant's financial information using bank-verified transactional data you can't get from a credit check. This includes monthly income, payroll, past rent payments, and identity verification. Rentify's reports also highlight non-sufficient funds, overdraft history, and missed rent payments. It's all available at www.trustrentify.com. The best part is Rentify's financial reports instantly verify the full financial picture of a tenant within minutes, so you will no longer have to waste hours or even days 
verifying their information manually. And you can eliminate the risk of being duped by fraudulent documents and losing thousands of dollars getting unreliable tenants evicted. Visit TrustRentify.com and use the promo code FAIRLESS for 25% off your first report package. That's T-R-U-S-T-R-E-N-T-I-F-Y.com. Put in the promo code FAIRLESS, F-A-I-R-L-E-S-S, for 25% off your first report package. Any challenges with remotely managing the property? Yeah, our business model, I always have a team member who is boots on the ground. So it's never going to be... I'm in California, I have another partner in New York, and then we invest together somewhere remote in North Dakota, right? Because we don't have any presence over there. It's true that some people say like you have a team and a partner with your property management, but I would still more comfortable be able to sleep at night if one of my team members, a part of the GP is actually boots on the ground partner over there. And do you visit the property at all? Yeah, always part of the due diligence and checking in how the progress going. Right. Well, Hendra, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say keep learning because if I look back the last two years, things that I learned, I mean, don't get me wrong. Education is still important. It's a fundamental, but as you grow, market dictate differently. The way market dictate two years ago, I mean, look at this, the deal flow, you, you can work with broker, get an off market. You can still do that, but it's very competitive now that you have to figure it out way. Do I get deal flow coming along still? So you got to be nimble and then learn and then listen and learn from others and keep learning because it, it just, you need to adapt what the market dictate these days. Speaking of adapting, would you consider investing in other asset classes in commercial? Retail, office, strips? I'm actually looking into it right now, into a warehouse, but I haven't pulled the plug yet. And originally, I'm planning to diversify my asset class this year. And then somehow I came across like a short-term rental is becoming another diversification. Met out through our partners, through networking and masterminding. And we've been doing deals together right now for two of them right now. So that's part of the diversification plan that I'm, I'm implementing right now. But going back as to your asset class in commercial, I'm looking into it right now. I haven't pulled the plug yet at this point. In my experience, the returns are significantly higher than multifamily. There's just not as much money chasing other asset classes with the exception of industrial and large warehouses. But you can get great deals on strip malls, office buildings, of course. So yeah, I encourage you definitely look into that. Well, interesting you said that because I just came across someone who just doing the same thing was in the commercial space on TripleNet, was able to get cap rate at 9% during acquisition. This is again for with the bank as the one of the tenant. And this happened last year too, by the way, during COVID. So it just opened up my eyes. Wait a minute. Maybe I should take a look into it deeper now after speaking with him. Yeah, I would encourage you. And then in addition to TripleNet, don't be afraid of gross leases right? You're responsible for taxes, insurance, maintenance, but you have long-term tenants in place or you've got a stabilized property. It's not as bad as people make it out to be. Management overhead on retail properties, I think is minimal. If you have your system set up right and you have good tenants there. So Ash, maybe let me ask you this one thing then. What are the, the three things that would you advise that you give it to me you know, as a newbie in the commercial space like that? Educate yourself on different asset classes. 
don't be afraid of buying a medical building. Don't mm. be afraid of buying a warehouse, an industrial building. There's a learning curve to each of them, yep. but often the returns are much higher. And you know this as a passive investor, you can get returns in the high teens, right? Yep. So your benchmark for your own investment needs to be 25% cash on cash or higher. Anything below that, it's not worth your time. So don't settle for properties. Look for those unicorns. Look for properties that a lot of -of out-of-state buyers are not attracted to. So if you find a suburban strip mall that doesn't have any national tenants, the guys from New York and California are not going to want to buy that property. It's going to be a local investor only. And those often sell at much higher cap rates. And the returns are north of 30% cash on cash. Oh, wow. Because there's just less competition out there. If a multifamily building goes up for sale in Cincinnati, man, there's people from all over the country wanting a piece of that, right? That's right. If the neighborhood strip mall down the road goes up for sale, it's crickets, man. There's just not that many people chasing (laughs) those deals. And if there's any vacancy, even better, because you have upside potential. You often deal with unsophisticated sellers that don't have all their P&Ls in order. They don't have their tax returns readily available. So that puts a premium on the price as well, right? Because the buyer has to do more due diligence. I don't know what number I'm on, but look for those niches. You don't want to buy the class A strip mall with the whole foods in it because everybody across the country is looking at that strip mall. You want to buy the mom and pop smaller strip malls in the suburban locations, not in city centers. And in my experience, that's been the highest returns. Awesome. Great advice. Thank you, Ash. That's yeah, really- I'm accessible. My email address should be all over the place. Email me if you have any deals. I'll give you my opinions on them. But I really encourage you to look. I know a lot of people that have transitioned from single family or multifamily into commercial buildings, and they often don't go back. I don't blame them, right? Yeah. And you're not managing yeah. residential tenants, right? Yeah. Commercial tenants will often improve their own space. So a lot of times they're given a white box and they go in there and put their own spin on the space. So they'll paint it, decorate it, put the flooring in often on their own dime where residential tenants, you'll never find a multifamily tenant putting laminate flooring in. They're going to put wear and tear. They're not going to improve it. So obviously I'm a big fan, man. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell. Yeah. (laughs) So Andrew, are you ready for the lightning round? Let's do it. Let's do it. Andrew, what is the best ever book you recently read? I would say that The Go-Giver by Bob Burke. That's been my philosophy of life that I adopted, though. Just basically learn network with pretty much your network, right? You learn to give to other people, and that's how you grow your team, your networking, and then learn from each other that way. That is a great philosophy. Andrew, what's the best ever way you like to give back? I always try to help people in a way I can, meaning like make myself available. That's how I learned the last two years that the more I give, the more it's actually I grow together with them. Nothing hold back, even though I maybe invested in education before, but if people ask me, how do I get multifamily? I always spend time with them, together with them, and giving my perspective and vantage point and helping to grow together. Hendra, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? So they can reach out to me through Facebook, Hendra Tambunan. I think I'm only very unique there. And then the other way, I'm going to give you my cell phone number too. People can text me or call me 
1-800-242-2920. Awesome, Hendra. Thank you for sharing your story today. You've come a long way from reading Rich Dad, the single families, now doing your own syndications, looking into different asset classes. Hopefully I've inspired you a little bit. So thank you again for sharing your story. Thank you for having me, Ash. Best ever listeners. Thank you for joining us. And as always, have a best ever day.